social unrest, the state, and the White House. You are listening to the John DePietro Show. Propane Plus. For heating and cooling, call Propane Plus today in Massachusetts, 508-252-3359. In Rhode Island, Propane Plus number 401 885-4209. It's the Johnson family. It's Propane Plus, the leading full-service provider of propane to Rhode Island and Southeastern Mass. Not only can they install your tank and schedule propane deliveries, but they can service your entire heating, cooling system, and install any propane or natural gas appliances. Locations in East Greenwich and also in Rehoboth. Remember, Propane Plus is energy for everyone. It's affordable, sustainable, equitable, Good for the environment, and also now it's renewable. Online at propaneplus.com, Propane Plus, heating and cooling. In Massachusetts, call the Rehoboth office, 508-252-3359, and in Rhode Island, 401-885-4209. You can depend on Propane Plus. It's John DePietro on AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Folks, you can always listen online at our website, which is petro.com Now, while you're there, that's a very good way to get a hold of me. If you'd like to uh, reach me, send me an email. You can send a direct email right from the website, which is petro.com If you miss any of the shows, you can go right there on the radio show, and we have them all right there in library fashion uh, by date and topic. Uh, maybe you hear a guest, you want to go back and hear it, or maybe you missed the program, whatever it may be. And also, we have the shop. If I uh, get some great merchandise, whether it be sweatshirts and hats and glasses and mugs and uh, all sorts of things right there, it's a happening in the shop at DePetro.com. So, folks, it's Tuesday, and it's actually a big decision week for Rhode Island Governor Dan McKee. Now, what's on the table, the latest we're hearing is he's going to have a press briefing on Wednesday, time not announced as of yet. But um, what the governor is looking at is, number one, they have to decide, the General Assembly, if they're actually going to work and stop just giving him all this emergency power. So that's obviously very important. It's something else that the governor is going to have to decide on. And to me, it's I think it's a little late that he's even deciding this, but he is. But you're already starting to see some governors started with the governor of New Jersey, then the governor of Delaware and some other governors that are now. In fact, um, they are, in fact, now announcing that they're planning on getting rid of the mass mandates in schools. So I I think it's very late for that. I think uh, parents need to remember uh, the irreparable damage that has been done to children. The fact that you have um, what's been going on in the schools is is really just uh, appalling. And the fact is that, but you still have, you know, the teachers unions, they're still saying, uh, the leaders of the teachers unions, that they want those children in mass. By the way, they also regard it as yet another negotiation, because what they're really saying to people like Governor McKee, who they have a holdover, is uh, if you want to get rid of the mass mandate, you have to get our permission. You have to ask us, you have to get our permission we have to sign off on it. Maybe, maybe there'll even be some money attached to it. Uh, but what they're doing is sending a very, very loud message to Rhode Island Governor Dan McKee, <clears throat> the teachers unions, that they are the deciders of it. And it was, it was unfortunate to see yesterday that Governor McKee and and they even said, you know, he's speaking with what they call key st- uh, key stakeholders. They're not education people. They are, in fact, professional negotiators. That's what they are, professional negotiators. It's not about the children. It's all about the the teachers and the teachers' rights. That's what it really comes down to. So some of the COVID uh, provisions, I want to just play. This was a piece on uh, Good Morning America about how the mass mandates are shifting you, Robin, out. Cases have fallen in all 50 states. The governor of New Jersey saying this is not a declaration of victory, but an acknowledgement we can responsibly live with this virus. Yes, we know that. 
This morning, with new infections down yep. more than 60% from the peak of the Omicron surge, a major shift into a new normal from New Jersey, Oregon, Delaware, and Connecticut. Four states that once had some of the strictest COVID protocol now planning to do away with mask mandates in schools. And perhaps most importantly, this is a huge step back to normalcy for our kids. New Jersey dropping those requirements under a month from now. Well, for the students, I think it's overdue. It's well overdue. What's I know that kids so don't long. want to necessarily wear the mask, but it's not. really for their overall protection. Wrong. Delaware and Connecticut say they will pull <clears throat> back state mask mandates in the coming weeks. We've got the tools to keep ourselves safe. We've got the tools to keep our schools safe. And that's part of living with it. All four states leaving it up to local school districts to decide masking rules Finally. going forward. While for now, California is still requiring everyone on K-12 campuses to wear a mask. Ridiculous. Overnight, Governor Gavin Newsom announcing the indoor mask mandate for public venues like stores, restaurants, and theaters will end next week for those who are vaccinated. Anyone who isn't must still mask up. Oh. It comes as overall hospitalizations are down nearly 50% from the Omicron peak. New pediatric COVID cases is dropping for a second week in a row. But experts warn pediatric infections remain extremely high, still double peak levels from the summer's Delta surge. The CDC still standing by its recommendation that kids and staff wear masks in schools. There are still so many people at risk Ridiculous. every day. And Wrong. by releasing children into Wrong. an environment where we're not putting forth even the most basic protections uh, is a significant error that's compromising Wrong. the communities. And still more than 51% of children who are eligible are still not yet vaccinated. Of course, children under five are not yet eligible to get the shot. The FDA panel is expected to meet a week from now to discuss that. But George, experts say the best way to slow the spread in schools is to get as many kids vaccinated as possible. That is the consistent message. Okay, Ariel, thank you. You know, when I want to, uh, that was the piece on Good Morning America. Folks, again, I, I want to just point out to you that Governor McKee could end it like today if he wanted to. He won't, and they're so. I mean, it's ridiculous. The, the, this business that children, and they're they're trying to uh, treat it where where Governor McKee really erred, uh, made an error, I should say, is the fact that they let Dr. Nicole Alexander Scott, who starting next month gets forty six thousand a month. She gets forty six thousand for March, forty six thousand for April, forty six thousand for May for doing nothing. Dr. Nicole Alexander Scott, big public service. Thanks for bailing out on us in the middle of the pandemic. But this whole business of equity, oh no, everyone must be treated the same. Central Falls must be treated the same as uh, Boroughville and Providence and must be treated the same as Jamestown. It's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. The, the Dr. Scott equity speech that she loves to give, it, it doesn't hold up because the infection rates were far are far worse in parts of Providence and Pawtucket and Central Falls. So to treat everyone the same, that, that's flawed right there. This is, Dr. Nicole Alexander Scott, in my mind, will go now, she was an activist. She was an activist posing as the head of the Rhode Island Department of Health. And Governor McKee, he's the one that followed her. He's the one that, he could have gotten rid of her back in July when he should have. It makes no sense at all. Those children, there's no reason for them to be in mass in schools. And it's so annoying and frustrating. And I feel for parents and grandparents, <clears throat> the amount, as they say, irreparable harm. Will Rhode Island Governor Dan McKee, will he ever apologize to parents? Will he apologize to students for unnecessarily keeping them in mass? He talks about keeping them safe. He's not keeping them safe. Depression is up. Less social engagement is up. Uh, drug abuse is up. Self-harm is up. Governor McKee needs to stop this false narrative of, I was just doing it to keep people safe. You weren't keeping anyone safe. If you wanted to keep them safe, you wouldn't have been bullied by the teachers' unions. You would have had those kids in school instead of this, this complete fraud of distance learning when there's no learning going on. Distance learning is fine. I'll tell you when it's fine. It's fine for, instead of canceling school on a snow day, for that one day, you try to get the kids engaged. So, number one, it counts as a school day, so they're not going to school till July, which is ridiculous. And number two, you know, just to kind of keep them in the mix a little bit. So it's not like just a completely wasted day. 
And that's another thing. All these people, why don't they just cancel and have a snow day? Listen, at any time, some parent could just say, my child will be out sick today and whatever. Take them sledding. Do whatever you want to do. You don't have to force that on everybody else. Not everyone. And people have parents that have to go to work and they can't take the children sledding these people. But this mask mandate, I am telling you, I hope the Rhode Island Republican uh, uh, party tries to hold him accountable for this governor mckee should not skate under like he's being celebrated he'll have pictures of kids in the schools and they have no masks on you know there's the stacy abrams photo should not be allowed this is one of those things it did not have to go on as long uh they just continue this lockdown of children with the mass in the school mass playing sports boys and girls playing volleyball and indoor track and basketball and you're masking the kids up it makes no sense at all it is cruel what they've done to these children the adults completely failed them and at the rhode island state house you want to talk about not profiles and courage my goodness the way they're still going on and just kicking the can down the road and giving the governor all this emergency authority what emergency stop already all right folks it's a lot ahead it is in fact tuesday as we're making our way by the way nice pleasant weather day finally on this tuesday february 8th and all week long you're listening to the john DePietro show make henry oil your oil provider this winter give them a call today call henry oil 401-521-0200 401-521-0200 henry oil serving most rhode island and southeastern mass automatic delivery budget plans service contracts lock and cap pricing you can depend on henry oil call them today 401-521-0200 reliable affordable fuel oil delivery fuel fuel oil diesel gasoline delivery residential and commercial it's henry oil give them a call since 1947 you can depend on henry oil call them today make henry oil your oil provider 401 421-0200 421-0200 remember online at henryoil.com go with the original go with the best it's henry oil folks you're listening to the john DePietro show weekdays we start at 11 we go until 2 p.m it's am 1380 99.9 fm you can always listen online at our website dipietro.com joining me right now he's an independent columnist opinion maker uh, and also one of my uh, siblings, it is Donna Perry. And DJ, I'd like to start off with um, finally, uh, of all people, but the governor of New Jersey is announcing that they're really looking to, and he's announcing, I guess in March, they're now going to kind of punt it, so to speak, to a lot of the districts to start to take back this mask mandate. I believe the governor of Delaware suddenly jumped on board. Now they're watching to see connecticut uh, other new england states governor baker governor mckee have not weighed in yet but i i think even though they may move forward on it now uh as as so many experts have said the irreparable harm done to children at this point with everything we've learned not only are they still in mass but the the far left the teachers unions bob walsh arguing for even permanent mask wearing of children in schools. Oh. I think this is going to be one of those things that people will look back and talk about wow, the damage that was done to children with these mandatory masking at schools. I, I agree. It's great to be with you, J.D. Um, I, I think we have hit a turning point yeah. in the entire pandemic. And I think this issue, the moment has definitely arrived. Uh, as you say, when you when you see the governor of New Jersey, which in the beginning of everything, well, they were like the centerpiece of all that. And they had the containment zone and all that stuff. Um, th- this is to me, John, going to could be the issue that then really propels the people who have over time really rejected so many other pieces of the COVID restrictions. That's the way I see it. I think this is, though, the tipping point. Um, you these parent groups oh. are everywhere yep um you have bring kids back mass they were they're a great group and and they formed when it was first all the kids were you know out of the schools entirely um i think this movement has legs and i think it's hit its moment 
Um, and I think this is a turning point for the whole thing, John, that where people are, and it's not just coming from, it's not just grassroots. I think you have a division among um, the very prestigious doctor groups as we, yes. you know, as we've seen. Um, and I think the idea that children have been hurt by the pandemic and the reaction to it is not only is that true, I think that's become much more widely accepted. So yes. I, I would look at this to be the tipping point issue. And I would be surprised that I think governors are going to feel heat. And in the Northeast, if, if they think they're going to wait a real long time, um, I, I would be surprised if people can get through this particular school year yes. and think that you, they're not going to make the bold turnaround, John. I mean, all the evidence has been there. I mean, the, one of the leading studies, by the way, was out of Brown University. Yep. Um, Emily Oster, I believe, is That's the right. um, researcher. And um, she really had a, a very, you know, very decisive and, and very turning point piece that was way over a year ago. So, yeah, I think it's a tipping point issue um, for a lot of reasons. And because I think the families have felt hurt by it. They no one imagined the school years would now be bleeding into it's two years, you know, next fall would be the beginning of a third year. Oh. Um, and there's no science behind that. No. So yes, I think this is, this is going to be the issue, you know, to watch. And this could, in my view, John could end up bringing down a lot of what's left of the COVID restrictions. Yes. Now, uh, Governor Youngkin, the governor of Virginia, did really made down a pair. He made that he was going to give her to mask. He kind of made it a big campaign issue. It paid off for him. Got a lot of supports as we covered, and he defeated Terry yeah. McAuliffe. But then you get closer to home. Uh, Bob Walsh is someone, head of the NEA Rhode Island. You've been on panels uh, yep. with him. I have certainly uh, battled with him. You know, but he, he makes it very clear, you know, dismissive. There's a couple angry parents, uh, you know, blah, blah, blah. And any public official that goes against us should be ready for consequences. You know, th there's just something about the teachers unions, how they demand control. I don't know if then they consider this a new negotiating item, almost as if you have to pay us off if you want to remove the mask. But he's already an online boy. Anyone that mentions removing masks from children in schools, the pushback is is uh, fierce. It's immediate. They it's, start going into insane. number of deaths. It yep. really is. But it's, um, you know, I, I, I just don't think we, I, anyone who ever would have predicted this, but it's incredible how much it, it has been political. And, and as far as the political left, they are adamant about the mask wearing. Yeah. And, and it has turned into, John, a very irrational yes. thing. That's, it, it is irrational. Uh, we've all seen, I have, I've have run into that. You're in a supermarket and, and yeah. where you don't have to. Right. And sometimes there is someone who looks like a 30 something year old person and they give you like dirty eyes and they're proud. They got two masks on or something. Look, we're, we're past that point. It's, it's a shame that it, the whole thing, the way it was rolled out this way. Right. Um, I do think that if you follow any part of the science at this point, people like Scott Gottlieb and these other people yes. who I think is a little more reasonable, they have tried to now say if, and, and this is where wall should get the pushback. If you, are so convinced of that, then just put any teacher can have an N95, which they're proving right. that protects that person. Yep. And then they can't transmit anything themselves. And then you're done. The other people have every right to say it should be voluntary. Yeah. And John, uh, last point about the teachers unions, despite all that has gone on, and I think this has been lost because the national media to a great extent, you know, protects Biden and they don't like, and Biden won't cross the teachers unions, even though he had been ordering mandates and he's lost in court now against corporate America, against uh, companies that have a hundred or more people, right? We, the teachers unions as a body, unlike police and fire, there is no mandate also on the vaccine. That's right. So I would argue with Walsh that way. Yes. Well, then are you behind them? Why wouldn't you, man John, they've not been mandated. That's that has right. gotten a Good lot point. of lost in the wash. They have, why? And Biden, right at the White House, he wanted to mandate vaccines all over the place. They have never called for the American Federation of Teachers to step up and have the mandate. And it's because her, you know, Randy Weingarten and That's people right. like that, John, they, they just think the rank and file 
doesn't want the mandate. Well, guess what? Yeah. A lot of people don't want a lot of the parts of the, at this point, we're way at two years into this. So that's right. Um, Folks, quick break, a lot more Donna Perry right here on the John DePietro show. The problem with your heating system, call R.E. Coogan Heating today, 401-732-6562. 24-hour emergency service, gas boiler, oil burner, Coogan Heating, 401-732-6562. They're helpful, trustworthy, reliable. Explore their services. Look for them on Facebook and the website is recooganheating.com. Residential services, as Coogie says, let us into your home don't fix it alone. Plumbing, heating, and cooling from winter to summer. Trained technicians provide 100% service, one customer at a time. From service calls, maintenance agreements, to installation, RE Coogan Heating. Proud to help residential customers, and they pride themselves making customer service and satisfaction a top priority. Call them today. Now it's cold. It's going to remain cold. Call Coogan Heating today, 401 732-6562. It's Coogie. It's 24-hour emergency service. Hey, not long ago, our hot water tank gave out. What did I do? Did I panic? Did I try to fix it? I called Coogan Heating, 401-732-6562. Look for them on Facebook, and then the website is recooganheating.com. We're speaking with opinion maker, independent columnist. It's Donna Perry. And BJ, uh, President Biden, you know, one of the things about being president, you, you don't get to pick what you're, which issues you have to deal with or crisis. And I'm just curious your thoughts. The situation with Russia, mm. Putin, uh, Ukraine, there's definitely something, you know, they certainly seems to be lead credence to the, lend credence to the fact that he, they're, they're waiting for like the Olympics to finish in China. But it just, this seems to be a real time that both china and russia are, are literally flexing their muscles for all the world to see that they are the two superpowers on earth and i'm just not sure you know we're, we're not getting anywhere with the biden administration whether it's threatening or joint press conferences or whatever the troops keep arriving they keep sending ships more troops yeah you know, along the front, front lines i'm curious your thought on the situation with ukraine i i find the whole thing is more and more curious by the yeah. day and I, I say that because you begin to think, who is being played here? Yeah. I mean, I find it odd just for a bunch of reasons. And, you know, I'm no foreign policy expert, but I do find it odd. And it, it reveals a lot about, in my view, the weakness of Biden's foreign policy team. You have the National yeah. Security Advisor making the rounds on all the big TV shows in the past few days and and they're just sort of like, you know, calmly saying, we think that, um, you know, Putin, they might invade any day now. Now, John, oh. that, that doesn't sound like the strong, tough no. U.S. that we would imagine. I, I don't know. You, I can't imagine. I can't, certainly can't imagine a, a Trump sitting no. there saying, they, you know, having his people say, we think they might invade. Like, it's like, what are you talking about? Why, right. why, why isn't Biden getting on a plane and getting yeah. face to face? With any of this, which, by the way, that's another point about Biden. Yeah. If you, you and I have talked about this, how he doesn't travel. No. It's not just, you know, COVID. <clears throat> why why isn't, it. if yeah. he thinks, you know, why isn't he on a plane and going over to Poland and, and getting on, you know, getting right to the, near the border. So I find this all very, how they're handling it is crazy. I do think that Putin um, is one step ahead of them on this. I think... Mm. You know, it's just odd how it's it's almost like playing out in plain sight, which is yeah. odd when a lot of this stuff normally would be very stealth. You know, John, like, yep. you know, it would be like the U.S. would discover, oh, they've got like these tanks and there's been missiles fired and we didn't know. And, you know, like I, I just find it all very odd. Now they've got thousands of U.S. troops right there on the they went they're in Poland and they're right. moving toward that border. Um, and, and you're right. Like, I think no president can pick these kind of foreign policy oh. um, and very could be very threatening, um, you know, Pentagon and, and the it could be just a very threatening like war situation that I don't think they counted on. But it's it's just we will see how this unravels. I find it odd that it's almost like I think Putin is enjoying this kind yes. of 
right? Like, like very much so. And he he's like enjoying himself at the Olympics, and right, but it's just right now the world seems you have you know Russia, China, and then you have Iran and North Korea in these types of actions, and and it's kind of like a magician that makes you look one place while they do something else, right? It, it certainly seems as though China's then threatening with Taiwan. Yeah. And the Biden administration and Donna Perry, you made a good point not long ago, but that is, you know, in this age of the Zoom call, you know, that's one thing, somebody in the office. But, you know, the president of the United States have something this serious, uh, a lot to be said for getting on the plane, arriving and demanding a nation, you know, withdrawal or retreat. Well, right. And, and again, we've talked about, of course, his many faults. But, you know, when people think back how Trump yes. handled in an unprecedented way, yep. the North Korea threat, That's right. um, you know, he got on a plane. He probably was calling his bluff. I mean, I yes. think some of these type of uh, guys, and, and they are autocrats, you know, they are, the, despite what everyone thinks, and it may be 2022, but they are unnerved. A U.S. president flew in, got off the plane, and there he is, and we're going to talk in the office. You know, and I think there's a lot to be said for that. Mm. And I just think with the run-up of this, why, why are we playing this dancing game of guessing, John? And I don't think the Secretary of State is is the most top-shelf guy, this Blinken no, guy. Definitely um, I think, you know, Putin and, and Xi of China, everyone in plain sight saw what happened again, in that very messy evacuation out of Afghanistan. And I think then their view, they're like, well, that's not the America we were dealing with for a long time. So I think they do see him as a weak president. Um, And the Chinese especially are always been noted, John, that they, the discipline and they can wait it out. And they, they, I do think that, um, you know, they're enjoying this. And you're right. There's something odd about there's this dance going on while the Olympics are playing out. China wants to look really fabulous on the world stage with the Olympics. But then, you know, that's a what do we got a week and a half? And then what is really supposed to be going on here? That's right. So. Folks, again, we're speaking with Donna Perry. And, and speaking of just coverage and, and media, because obviously NBC, it's not going as well as they thought. Donna Perry, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on Whoopi Goldberg those comments, anti-Semitism on, uh, that she made on The View, and then she doubled down on Stephen Colbert. Um, I, I think, you know, I have different thoughts about it. Partly is sometimes they put these people on shows like that, and anyone that really watches it, yeah, they, they're not as, maybe amongst their friends and some of their coworkers, they're seen as really up on the news and smart. Right. A lot of times you peel it back. They're actually not that smart but i'm I'm curious your thought of uh some people tried to come to her defense but she's she's uh in the middle of a two-week suspension from abc and those anti-semitic remarks on the view well right and and uh, my view on what occurred i think what she said and the way that was discussed john was dangerous it yeah. was offensive and it was very ignorant yeah um and unfortunately uh, you know, she was kind of giving John like that's a great point you just made about the program. She's giving like a pop culture, very uninformed interpretation yeah. to really what was the seminal historical event, by the way, of the 20th century. Meaning, right. You know, let's be honest. So she's giving this like, you know, Instagram mind type of um, pop culture interpretation when everyone knows she was way off base um, and it's very disturbing to see that there could be someone with that level, like you say, of a platform that that is that show should stay away from issues like that. She doesn't know yes. what she is talking about. No. Anyone who has took high school history yep. <laughs> knows that the Hitler, they were obsessed with race. That's yes. what generated it. And they talked about the German race and racial purity, John, and they yep. did not see the Jewish people who were German Jews, they were not to, you know, you were not our race. The whole That's thing right. was based on that. Right. Um, and, and for, again, anyone who was a good student in high school would, you know, kind of know the outline of what I just said. So, I mean, the fact that she is sitting there on this national broadcast, and I want to say, um, and I, I was glad to see organizations, the U.S. Holocaust Museum and people who really, I thought they were 
polite in trying to say, excuse me, you really don't know what you're talking about. That's right. John, we're at a time when there is rising anti-Semitism all over the U.S. You have had these terrible attacks at synagogues, um, as we have seen year, you know, in these recent years. And and so I just think for for that program to allow her to dovetail this. And by the way, there's no mistaking what what some of this is is there's a lot of people, and whether they're in Hollywood and they're given a platform and they don't know what they're talking about, you know, they're obsessed because the media has been obsessed in recent years with like what they see as like black, white, racist issues. That's right. Exactly. And that's what she was caught up in. Yes. Um, and and I, I would even argue, this is my view, but someone like a Whoopi Goldberg, uh, and again, folks, so sweet with Donna Perry, has this false sense of security that you, if she's talking about race, She's got the upper hand because it's about Black Lives Matter and race relations. She's a woman of color. Like, you're certainly not going to lecture her. And all the while, not even obviously identifying and and, and knowledgeable about exactly what Hitler and the Holocaust was about. And, you know, there are stories you hear teachers of, you know, they're taking out Dyer Van Frank and we need to teach more about Black Lives Matter and you know, no one really wants to seem to go at it, but there, there is definitely something. It's a dynamic that's playing out amongst African-Americans, Jewish people whose history they think should be taught. Um, there was even and not to get way off, but very recently, I think I even sent it to you. There was a thing at Rolling Stone. There was a big exhibit opened about the, the real forefathers of Hollywood. And they talked about these Jewish pioneers that moved the mm-hmm. Holocaust survivors and they couldn't get loans from the bank. And. They built Hollywood, and then the opening night of this tremendous, this is brand new, they have it, everything, they really don't have anything on the Jewish uh, Con- contributors of the film oh industry. Oh, my that, God. That John, who built, instead, built the film something industry. about, you know, this young wow. Spike Lee has an exhibit and all this other thing, and all these people, like, I donated all this money, and, you know, it's actually an incredible American success story that that's really who did start Hollywood. Right. And it is there. There really is a dynamic that, to me, Donna Perry, that's not being covered enough. That that is fascinating. That yeah. that is what came to be. Which where there were many Jewish businessmen, entrepreneurs. John, they yes. built they built Hollywood. They, they, they did. By they the absolutely way, they did. John, they invented Hollywood. They, they invented yes. what it came to be. Let's yes. be honest, right? The whole yep. studio system, and you're going to oh, crank out all these God. movies. See, that's where I feel it's dangerous. And I do feel the media's obsession since Black Lives Matter became a movement and George Floyd. And there was this there is a lot of ignorance about race relations. uh, And then this obsession now, like it's okay to almost like cobble all people who are, say, you know, not non-black or Hispanic, like you are white people and that you have been unfairly credited with all these kinds of things. And I just think that it, none of this, it also carries down to the school. Like you don't want this so um, inappropriately and by the way, offensively misrepresented in education. Yeah, it is. Um, anyone who, again, just one last piece of that. And I think it was the Holocaust museum, which made this point at that time. There, there were many, many people from Europe uh, including our ancestors, John, when Italians came to yeah. this country, there were many people who didn't consider them white people. I don't That's know if people right. understand that. You're right. Um, they said Slavic people yes. were not white people. So yeah. we, we know that. So there is such misrepresentation. Um, that's where the term white Anglo-Saxon Protestant came from, by the way. Mm. See so how all these other people from other parts of Europe were not in that. So Again, I, th- I think you made a great point right at the top. If yeah. you're Whoopi Goldberg, if you're sitting on that set, that, you know, ABC producers need to oh. understand. You, you got people there not in their league to be discussing. You yeah. want to go into that level of historical accuracy. And it's, it's embarrassing, but I also is. think it was right for her to be. And I, I'm surprised at the people who thought she should not have been. Yeah, no, not know, at all. Either um, that or go all off in, for two weeks. Better than battle it out for the next week and feel all the heat. But they're <laughs> yeah. trying to go both ways. One final, this is part of the pushback of this certain members of the elements of the media. Like, let's just get regular people and see what regular people think. And then when you do that, you you run into this type of thing that you find that a lot of, quote, regular people are not 
fully versed on history or Not at all. You know, thoughts like that. Folks, quick break. A lot more. Donna Perry right here on the John DePietro Show. If you're ever in an accident, pick up the phone and call West Fountain Auto Body today, 401-272-3340. Were you in an auto accident, someone damaged your vehicle? Folks, it can happen, whether it's people not paying attention, a drunk driver, people texting and driving. If you're ever in an accident, pick up the phone, call West Fountain Auto Body, 401-272-3340. They're located 400 West Fountain Street in Providence. Remember, with West Fountain Auto Body, they're going to work for you, not the insurance company. Call them today. If you were in an accident, drunk driver, someone texting and driving, minor fender banner, even a nearly totaled vehicle, call West Fountain Auto Body today, 401-272-3340. They'll handle everything for you, the original, the best, and if you're in an accident and a tow truck pulls up, tell them, bring that car over to West Fountain Auto Body, 401 401- 272-3340, 401-272-3340, West Fountain Auto Body, located 400 West Fountain Street in Providence. They'll work for you, not the insurance company. If you're in an accident, call West Fountain today. Get it repaired, 401-272-3340. We're speaking with independent opinion maker, columnist, it's Donna Perry. DJ, staying with the media, I'm curious to hear your thoughts. It's 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 really hard to believe that CNN has just what has happened to CNN? I mean, complete implosion from granted, they you know were dealing with just a horrendous year of ratings. Talk about someone that was dependent on Trump, but between the fiasco yeah. of Chris Cuomo and now this latest with Jeff Zuckerberg, it's it's actually hard to believe just how far they have fallen in you know, something that Ted Turner had put on the map that was just so far ahead of everyone else with the cable news network. They, um, they really, and they, you know, still so influential and worldwide, but it's, um, they, they just really seemingly have imploded and, and they just seem lost. I mean, absolutely. Talk about, like you say, reversal of fortune. I yeah. mean, they were, they were once, you know, the gold darling of, of all networks they had built up to that point. Um, and, and I just think that with this fall, the fallout of Jeff Zucker and how yeah. that happened um, and, and what is being described in all the backstories there, John, I, I think there's so much room for people a right to see the great hypocrisy of the lecturing you get from the yeah. likes of CNN. Um, and, and I think there was a lot of things going on there with the new uh, management, the new owners, Discovery coming in, and there's... Um, I think a guy that's a big player with them, John Malone, who who once yeah. built Liberty Media, yes, and he made comments within the last year and said, um, "I'd love to see it actually ever be a broadcast and like mm. just the news and and how CNN John was built on they were the breaking news, not right. like you know let's just break the chops of the <laughs> sitting president. Let's face it, like that's." I mean, right. they they tried to build four years on let's destroy Trump, and I yeah. think. You know, Zucker's role in that was was really outsized for a CEO. That's right. And, and you know so much more about that business. Like, you, normally the CEO is not in the control room. No. Like, talking in the ear of anchors the way it's been described. He was yep. that in the weeds of what they were doing. It just, it's always seemed very personal. It was like the takedown of Trump. You know, they probably invented the big lie phrase and, and, you know, John, they, they've just overplayed their hand on that. They did. Um, and I just think, like, when you see, like, the messes of their own soap opera and Chris Cuomo leaving but then saying, I've got dirt on you, <laughs> like, yeah. uh, all his back. And now you have Chris Wallace having yes. second thoughts. I mean, he left Fox to go there. But and, yeah, it's, it's it's interesting, you know, and a big part of it, it's, it they kind of have themselves to blame when they yeah. really unleashed on Lemon when they – let Acosta stop being a White House correspondent was maybe, you know, was there more to just antagonize President Trump. Yep, right. And then the president left office. And you think of, uh, you know, the spring of 2020, how people thought a little too close having Chris Cuomo, having the brother on, the governor of New York, how far they have fallen, now how far CNN has fallen. But that 
that I mean, that was 24 hour news that changed news. CNN meant breaking news. And when they first came on and Larry King and just uh, I mean, it was it's it's really remarkable to see in the business. I'm not sure what direction they're going to yeah. go. I don't think they know what direction to go right now. Uh, they seem that they have kind of lost their brand. A hundred percent. And I yeah. think a lot of these highly priced brand name anchors, they may not all be there. Right. I, I, I'm going to bet on that. I think mm. even a guy that at the time when he was the rising, rising career of Anderson Cooper, That's right. who in my view, John, when he was, you know, he could, he, when he was, could do the straight anchor and he was like a very set, solid hand. If you had really yeah. breaking news or a right. plane crash, um, that's when people look to him. I think he's a much more diminished figure yeah. by they sucked him into, you know, being the show got retooled. Yeah. I, and, and, you know, now we know Zucker was it was almost like they were trying to please the boss, yeah. you know, by like, how much can I pound away at Trump? Yeah. And I think Cooper got caught up in that. And I mm. again, I really think he's a diminished figure. He's yeah. not a regular anchor. You can't put him on and say no. people you know, just, oh, he's, you know, objective. It's right. not like Lester Holt, who you're like, okay, here's the major plane crash, and yep. I'm covering it. Yes. I, so the Donna Perry, finally, CPAC is coming up. And uh, this is going to be interesting because both President Trump are expected to speak, and then also mm. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis is expected to, to speak. I'm just curious your thoughts on on what we should look for at CPAC. You know, um, I, I do think that DeSantis is, has emerged as a, a real rival to yeah. Trump politically, although I think he, DeSantis is a very skilled politician, yeah. in my view, yeah. and he and his team know that they're trying to tamp down that media narrative around that. But there's no question. And I, you know, I, I just think that he will be gracious when Trump is publicly around. I, yeah. But I do think in Trump, kind of sees him as a rival Um, and for good reason. I I just think um, that DeSantis has also been, John, in the middle of issues that people are really caring about right right now. And that's what's hard for Trump. Like if if you're not a governor, you can't really say, I'm I'm putting an executive order tomorrow. We're stopping this mandate, you know, uh, and, and DeSantis got known for being tough against some of the COVID, you know, right. uh, restrictions. And yeah. he, he was a leader in saying, no, the schools are not going to have all these mask mandates. Right. And he wanted it like voluntary community to community. So he yeah. was kind of ahead of a lot of these other governors. That's right. And what's hard for Trump at this point, like I say, he doesn't have a platform where you can say, we're following a lawsuit and we're, you know, going against Biden on this. Yeah. And DeSantis has that platform and he's, let's face it, John, I think he's, you know, he's younger, he's uh, agile, he's from um, a wealthy state that also is very Republican um, leaning. And, and yeah. so, you know, I, I don't know um, how that's, you know, CPAC and, and then you've had just the other day with Pence's remarks. Um, it just says to me that I think there is a consensus among even the real conservative people that that, that just we can't sit around and see how the you know the dice are, is going to roll for for Donald Trump in twenty four. Yeah. That's my sense. Of it. I think um, I I think it's pivotal though, Donna Perry, only because President Trump needs to be, I believe, be cautious about. You don't want to be seen as you're the past candidate, but he's right. the future candidate. Um, you know, people will say elections are always about the future, not about the past. Yeah. You know, on, on, on Friday, when the Republicans out in, I think, Utah, they all voted to censure uh, Cheney and Kinzinger. That, that that 20 minutes on ABC's This Week with Martha Raddatz on Sunday was about January 6th again. I just I uh, failed to I see where January 6th helps the Republican Party at a time when COVID is still a mess. Biden is clearly in over his head. Inflation is still high. Gas prices are going up again. We're on the verge of potentially Russia invading Ukraine, and we're right in the thick of that. And the first 20 minutes of ABC's This Week was about, again, January 6th. And what does it say about the party? I I don't think that helps them. I don't think that helps them. I know it helps the Democrats because then they don't have to talk about everything wrong. But it, it certainly does not help them. Folks, again, she is independent columnist, opinion maker. She's always good to talk to and hear her thoughts. 
It is uh, Donna Perry. DJ, great job as always, and we'll talk to you again. Great to be with you. Thanks. Brothers Disposal. Call Brothers Disposal today. Get a purple dumpster for your driveway. How do you know it's Brothers Disposal? Because it's a purple dumpster. Look for them on Facebook and give them a call for an estimate. 401 688 Get a dumpster in your driveway. Maybe you're cleaning out your basement, your garage, unwanted belongings. Maybe you just have some things in boxes that you've never taken out. Clean it out with Brothers Disposal. They're also now offering weekly trash collection services. Call Brother Roland today at Brothers Disposal, 401 401- 688-0517. Whether it's a small household construction project or you just need a dumpster to get rid of some unwanted belongings, call Brothers Disposal today. Come on, brother. Call Brothers Disposal, 401-688-0517. Look for them on Facebook, Brothers Disposal. Get a dumpster in your driveway, 401-688-0517. This portion of the John DePietro Show, folks, it's brought to you by Delgarian Properties. Check out the link on the website, dipetro.com, Ken Dalgarian, Kenny as I call him, well-known developer of Rhode Island, has built a strong reputation, service over 40 years, and he has some beautiful properties. If you go to dipetro.com, click on his link, and you'll see whether it's 375 Lloyd or the Wayland Court Apartments or Wayland Court or 150 Waterman, some beautiful properties right there waiting for you. Dalgarian Properties. You can find it right on the website, dipetro.com. You're listening to the John DePetro Show. It's AM 1380 and 99.95. Folks, joining us right now, Republican National Committee Director of Strategic Communications. It's Gates McGavick. And Gates, uh, first, first of all, thank you for joining us. In, and uh, I'd like to start off with it's not people's imagination, the high cost of inflation, and people are just seeing it everywhere. Yeah, thank you for having me. It, it's not people's imagination, right? It's it's hitting people across the board on basic goods. I mean, example, the price of bacon and eggs has gone through the roof. You know, that's moms trying to feed their kids before going to school. And the drive to school is going to be more expensive, too, because I'm sure you've seen that, you know, gas prices are also through the roof. So inflation is really hitting people, um, hitting people right at home. And uh, the Biden administration doesn't seem to have a plan to fix it. In fact, they've actually laughed it off. In the past few months, even though economists across the board, including economists who worked for Barack Obama when he was in office, have been warning about this for months. And Gates, not only that, but is it fair to say the Biden administration, they seemingly, you know, this stuff doesn't it doesn't happen overnight, doesn't go away overnight. But I don't see any type of concerted effort to to even try to address it. You know, I think there's this there's this sense that the Biden administration doesn't really care. I mean, you might remember a few months ago, Ron Klain, chief of staff, was asked about inflation, and he literally laughed and said it's a high class problem. It really isn't. It's hurting people at the lower end of the economic spectrum the most. And I think um, you saw it with other other issues like Afghanistan, the border. Joe Biden doesn't really have concerted plans to fix problems. He doesn't really care about the impact they have on the american people and i think it's because he's a career politician finally got the office he wanted and now he's kind of phoned it in folks again we're speaking with gates mcgavick uh, republican national committee director of strategic communications and gates not only is the prices of everything going up but my goodness the high profile crime and crime just continues to rise in biden's america it's it's horrific um here's a stat for you in 2021, violent crime uh, broke records in 14 major Democrat-run cities. So 14 of the biggest cities across America had record numbers of homicides uh, in 2021 under Joe Biden. You're seeing the same thing with carjackings. I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure you've seen these videos of in cities like San Francisco, just open robbery that no one's doing anything to stop. I mean, some cities have decriminalized robbery up to a certain dollar amount. So people will go into a CVS or a Walgreens, just clean out the shelves and walk out. There's no repercussions. That's not what a healthy society looks like. When people are feeling unsafe in their communities after years of Democrats trying to defund the police, I mean, this is what happens when you have fewer cops, there's more crime. And, you know, it's not a very strong midterm election pitch for Democrats when everything is more expensive and your community is more unsafe. And not only that, again, uh, you know, there doesn't seem to be any effort. And even, you know, you, you get a situation where President Biden went to New York and he didn't really, they're not really addressing the crime problem in New York City. No, they're not. I mean, 
a perfect example. On the day he went to New York, there was a funeral for one of the hero cops, one of the two hero cops that recently died in New York, and Biden didn't attend the funeral. I think that right there kind of shows uh, shows his attitude towards this problem. You had all of America watching this funeral on Fox News, the heartbreaking footage of this grieving widow, uh, Jason Rivera's widow, talking directly about how defund the police policies uh, led to her husband being in that kind of danger. And Joe Biden wouldn't even show his face at the event. You know, and again, folks, we speak with Gates McGavick, uh, Republican National Committee Director of Strategic Communications. You know, Gates, as crime rates continue to go up, one of the other things that you hear about police is, you know, when you have someone in the White House like a President Trump where they felt the president had their back, it's just a huge difference between that and then you have a president that they openly feel does not have their back. Yeah, I, I think I think you're seeing it right now. I mean, Joe Biden has he's allowed his party to totally embrace the defund the police movement. He's also pushed. Uh, luckily, it's seeming to fail in the courts, but he pushed this forced vaccine mandate that led to a lot of cops to walk off the job. So it's kind of like a two front attack on our law enforcement officers. And then, you know, Biden's responsible for what the Democrat Party does. He's at the top of the ticket. Some of the district attorneys that you're seeing get elected across the country are making this problem even worse. The one in New York, Alvin Bragg, he was recently sworn in. He is not going to not going to prosecute for prostitution. He's not going to prosecute for petty crime. Um, you know, when you have when you have policies like this that just strip the strip the rights of police officers to actually follow up on and prosecute smaller crimes, it's a ripple effect that extends throughout the whole community. And you're seeing it in cities like New York, like San Francisco, like Chicago right now. Folks, again, he is Gates McCavick, Republican National Committee, Director of Strategic Communications. To check out our website, dipetro.com, dipetro.com, which is sponsored by and brought to you by the Senadale Revival, Comfort Food and Cocktails, located 2025 Smith Street in North Providence, Shane and his crew, what a wonderful job they've done. Winner of several Rhode Island Best of Awards, Best of Rhode Island Awards. The Senadale Revival. Delicious food, cocktails, a lot of fun. Stop it and see them. 2025 Smith Street in North Providence. You're listening to The John DePietro Show on AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Folks, remember, you can always listen online at our website, dePietro.com. Check out the website, dipetro.com we have original unique exclusive stories videos content all our links to social media facebook twitter instagram youtube it's all right there and that's also the best way to reach me log on at the website d-e-p-e-t-r-o.com dipetro.com well health continues to be an important part of our daily lives that's why you need to stop in and see the queen of health. It's Maria. It's my health because it's your health. But it's my health. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. Look for her on Facebook. You can also call her at 401-305-3585. You know where she is, right in that very majestic old white church diagonally across from Davidport Restaurant. It's my health. And inside, pop in. You'll see vitamins, herbal remedies from trusted companies who understand quality, integrity, local products like acai, honey, maple syrup, beef fresh gum. It's my health. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. Wait till you see the selection. Over 250 bulk herbs, teas, spices purchased by the ounce plus boxed herbs and teas plus hemp and CBD products. Stop in natural skincare products, hair care products. It's my health because it's your health. Stop it and see Marie. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. 